The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. What are you guys doing for Christmas? Figuring out how to coordinate my family together in Los Angeles. Yeah. Why does it fall to you? Why does it fall to me? <laughs> He's the responsible one, which is kind of scary if you think about it. <laughs> It does. Aren't there like actual ancient adults who can do this? <laughs> yeah, the adults of the, the your elder ones. yeah, they're communicating with us from the beyond. But <laughs> it's hard to make up their signals. And you will all congregate at his house this year. Vivid dreams. And it's um, well, my brother Kevin's in Spain. No, he was in Spain. Now he's in England. He's in England. My mom's in Reno, my dad's in Northern California, and then two of my brothers, one of them was in Nashville, the other was just in Los Angeles, so we're trying to figure it out. That's yeah. absurd. I'm over here in Iowa. Yeah, that's an absurd arrangement. I just have to go back <laughs> east, everybody is there. That's fair. That's cool. Yeah. I just you don't have a nice family. Posture. Feel I free to cut that out. I realized that, but you're very great posture. I try. I do try a lot. Yeah. Ever since... Dr. Hoffman said that what you're supposed to do is like bring your ears over your shoulders. Yeah, your and chin tuck your tucked chin. a little. Yeah. yeah, I'm always like. Yeah, well, I meant mostly your back. I just feel like the hunchback. Yeah, your head posture is shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it, it's the end of your first semester of medical school. Uh, given that this is true, kiss, marry, kill. Med school, a corporate job, or freelancer. Uh. Free, freelancing and what? Wait, I don't know. Say, just freelancer. What are, what are the three things again? Freelancer, corporate freelancer, job, and... corporate job, and med, and and med school. What you've just done? Oh, kiss freelancer, marry med school, kill corporate. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that those are the options. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. That's fine. Why yeah, free, freelancer? That's a tough. That's tough. It was like tough. I've just, just done it. Kiss. You've just done it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I gave it a little kiss for sure. I actually kind of gave it a big kiss. Oh, a little sloppy <laughs> kiss. Ooh, okay. <laughs> sloppy kiss. When I was a kid, we learned that the kisses are the peach plum and alfalfa. Do you guys ever hear this one? No. Peach plum and alfalfa. No. You can give somebody a peach. You can give somebody a plum. Oh yeah. Or you can give somebody the old alfalfa. <laughs> 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 that was that's a, that's a visual experience for those listening on Spotify. Wow. If someone wants to give me a flower now, you'd be like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, you definitely I've, lost me a plum. That yeah. was horrible. <laughs> yeah, sorry, friends. Sullied. No one gives me flowers, by the way. <laughs> the, the point was to, you know, stay in the peach range. That was the advice that we were given. God. Hey, I, I feel you. Plum and alfalfa, that, that shit's gross. I'll go run around in alfalfa fields. Uh, funny that you, you never see like just the one side person of the plum and alfalfa kissing and so yeah that was disconcerting to yeah. say the least yeah that's yeah. fair yeah yeah oh my god like so, a coronal so did you section? give a peach kiss or a, or a, <laughs> a section or did you give a plum kiss to that to freelancing i probably gave it closer to like somewhere between a plum and an alfalfa like oh, a, good for you yeah. what did you do yeah. as a freelancer i tutored in fact i still tutor and i did some blog writing as mm-hmm. well oh, there, there's uh, a travel blogging yeah there's a job yeah mm. it was i learned a lot about like different random places that's for sure i mean it's the travel part's great yeah i mean i've got to say though if you ever read a travel blog about like some random place 
they are probably not written by people that have been to that place. <laughs> just that, that heads up. Surprises really? me not at all. That's, yeah, that scares me. Yeah, I just so you know, yeah. I've heavily relied on those <laughs> yeah. traveling at dangerous places. Oh no, I've just Googled the heck out of those places. Oh my god, you're on the other end of those articles. <laughs> it's yes, you. It's me. You're like she's the one is, that got you through it, man. <laughs> this is how you get through Nicaragua, and I'm it like, me. thank you. Take Galpa. Let me tell you which bars are safe. Let's go. That's horrifying. I love it though. Just so you know. Wow. A tip you can only get on the short coat. Wow. Is everything a lie? (laughs) Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio, some carefully programmed real intelligences, or RIs. He's as ethical as they come. It's M2 Jeff Goddard. I do intend. Uh, she's certainly not prone to hallucinations. It's M1 Fallon Jung. Sometimes I hallucinate. He will not take your job. It's M1 Brian Young. That's my name. I'm real quick before we get into the meat and taters. I would like to hear a review of your first semester of medical school. You should go first, Brian. Then <clears throat> <laughs> I screw with the audio. It's like straight up how it is. Wow. It's not an eight to five. It's, it's my hard. New, it's my new ringtone. It's fun though. Beautiful um, people yeah. review like a plum. <laughs> No, it was, it was really great, honestly. It was uh, a lot of wonderful people, really supportive community, and I had a really good time. And you don't, yeah. you, you, how how overwhelmed were you? Were you whelmed? I cried. Did you? I did cry one okay. time. Yeah. It's so hard. It's okay. I was right there with you. How many times did you cry? I think I cried twice. I think I cried twice, too. And what were the, what were the triggers? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You can go first. The first time was in the very beginning when they gave, like, when they said that we had anatomy tutoring, and I was like, "Oh, I want to take advantage of this." And everybody seemed to be going in on a Sunday, and I was like, "I'm going to go in on a Sunday." And then I got there, I put on my my all my lab stuff, I got there, and then I turned right around and walked out, and then went home, and then I cried. Be, be in this case because I don't know. I okay. think it's because I didn't want to work on a Sunday, but I felt like yeah. I should, but I felt like I did not like working on Sundays and then I baked and it was nice. I, you wow, what a, a wonderful, soul. I know what a wonderful way of dealing with your feels. Oh, I had a hug too. Well, that helped. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was even more wholesome. Let me tell you. <laughs> it was, that wasn't the only, I mostly deal with my feels through hugs. Sure. Yeah. And, and journaling. Baking. Love that. What'd you bake? Oh, don't remember. Cookies probably. It was probably, No. It was pies. Oh, yeah. I made pies. It was the pies. The pies. The pies that the I brought. pies, in. yes. Yeah, pies. Love that. Yeah. Dutch oh, I apple. didn't, I did, I wonder if I realized that was a product of sadness. <laughs> a sadness tears. pie. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it taste so good. It's the, it's the melancholy. I like, didn't cry into the bowl or anything. Sadness it was just a pie. quick little cry. Arctic. Brian, what, what, was, what, was there a trigger? What was a? I think I was just like, oh my gosh, the past, like week i've worked like 12 to 13 hour days every single day you know like waking moment to go into sleep 
Yeah. And just really active. And I think that was just overwhelming. And a couple of little teary boys made their way down my cheek. Did, did you also bake or did you just, were you, were, or did you bake? were your coping skills productive? Um, they don't have to be. I'm trying to, I don't think I did. I think what I thought about was I was like, you know, whether or not I'm stressed, it's the exact same amount of work. It is not going to change and I'm still going to have to do it. So I was just like, I sucked the tears back up straight up in my Salaturtica <laughs> wow. and I oh. cried later again. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you you conserved resources. Yeah, That's nice. yeah so, exactly. So you tough loved yourself out of it. Yes, that is honestly, it. for me, it works. For me, it works. I've never tried baking or getting baked, but <laughs> <laughs> but in as far as, yeah, like kind of logic my way through it. Good. Helps me get through it. Whatever works. We're not going to, you know, on this show, we're not going to deny that things get tough. Things do get tough. That is true. Sure. But there were also probably good things. Yeah. I will say can that you, can I you, don't. Can you remember any good things? Yeah. I met a lot of really amazing people, like I had mentioned. Um, people that make pie, for example. Yeah. There's a lot of random food that flies out of nowhere when you're in medical school. Mm-hmm. I can't grab the little cakey do that Fallon had made me, but I, if I could get to it, I would, and I would uh, demonstrate it. But I could describe it. It's in a tiny little beautiful. Oh, he's got it there. It's like in a little aluminum tray. And I would say yeah. a z- I would say ninety nine point zillion nines listen to us, and one zillionth listen to or watch it on YouTube. So you can just describe it's it. You could just chocolate chip banana yeah. muffin. Oh, kind it's of pumpkin. Pumpkin. Ooh, pop- chocolate chip pumpkin. Love ooh, that. Bread. Spicy and sweet. Yep. So that helps. Just like you. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of love in the medical school. Everybody's really supportive. No one wants to bring you down yeah, or yeah. make anything bad happen to you, which is lovely. Oh, that's that is really nice. Yeah. Except for Jeff. Yeah, Jeff tries to hurt me and kill me like all the time. I think we've talked about the concept of tough love, and I think, and I stand by this: the reason that medical school is hard. Okay, the only useful reason that medical school is hard. It's hard for a lot of reasons that are useless, but it's <laughs> usefully hard. Because it teaches you to go through a hard thing when you have support so that you can learn coping mechanisms. Because you're about to go through a lot of hard years in medicine and you're going to have progressively less support and you need to have progressively stronger coping mechanisms. I, I In all my years, I've never thought of it that way. That's yeah, I agree. It could be that to everybody's chagrin, I'm... It's like metacognition. Like I think about how I think a lot. Sure, sure. And I know that as a human being, I like to find meaning everywhere I go. And if I find good meaning, it it's no longer, this is a Viktor Frankl thing. Go read him if you haven't. Audience, he's lovely. It Suffering ceases to be suffering the moment it finds meaning. Yeah. Yes. A man's search for meaning, right? Yes. One of my absolute, I mean, that, that got me through some dark times in my 20s when I did find myself crying quite a bit. Yeah. And now I'm old and 30. I have thought, I guess I have thought of this before in the sense that the, yeah, the thing that makes, the thing that makes it tolerable is the fact that everybody's doing it at the same time and you know, you're all going crazy. You're all losing it. And even those people who seem to be relative, um, could be on the inside going nuts. So one of the nice things about medical school is that from my perspective, other people might not agree, but like nobody can take it away from you, you know, like there's a certain amount of quote unquote suffering that you have to go through in order to get to the point where you can be a physician or, you know, for some of our classmates, a PA or whatever, it is a challenging process and it's going to be at times very grueling. And 
nobody can remove that from you. The best that they can do is they can sit with you while you're going through with it. Yeah. And I think that hopefully is something that we will be able to then turn on to our future patients by being able to say like, yeah, there are going to be a lot of things that we can't take away from somebody, right? Whether it's lupus or, you know, some form of cancer or whatever it is. Some things we, you know, we want to treat, some things we want to cure, but there are going to be a lot of things where it's, I can sit with you. And now that we've had some, just a taste of what that feels like, of going through something that nobody can take away, but somebody can sit with us, maybe hopefully we'll have that compassion for others. Do you think that justifies how difficult medical school is? I am almost willing to say yes. I don't think any other reason for medical school being as hard as it is valid. The idea that you have to learn all of this stuff, we are learning a pittance of the medical knowledge that exists in the world, world, right? And we will always have access to that medical knowledge on our devices at all times, which we should because it's constantly updating. I don't want a doctor graduating medical school and pretending like that's all he has to learn for the next or she for the rest of their career. But I know that going in, that I'm already going to have to relearn all of this for the rest of my life. In that sense, I don't love how medical school is structured, but I do think that it's worth going through something difficult. And I think it's worth striving for something that is ultimately impossible, which is to to know enough to be able to help the people around you. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I wonder if there's any like studies on countries that don't do it as difficult as we do it and whether if that leads to better patient outcomes, because obviously the United States is not doing that great when it comes to medical outcomes, especially as people get a little bit older. I think the reasons for that are probably less about medical school than they are about the the system that medical school. Yeah, nobody in the world has better health outcomes than the rich people of America. (laughs) That's true, yeah. And that, it's disconcerting when you realize that very fact, that Mm -hmm. the wealthy in America have the best health outcomes on the planet, which means our system is the best on the planet, but it's pay to play. Mm. And that's what turns out makes our entire health system kind of fall apart. I mean, look, one of the things that you're learning in medical school is not, I mean, the most important thing that you learn in medical school isn't like hormones and drugs and all the things that you have to memorize, right? The thing that you're learning is... I learned those as a teenager. (laughs) The things that that you learn, the thing that you're really learning, I think, in medical school is how to learn, how to make yourself into a lifelong learner rather than the cramming beast that we might all have been as undergrads. I don't know. Maybe my experience as an undergrad is not like, right? I mean, is it true? I think that it teaches you to become an independent learner. Um, yes. Because a lot of the time in high school, I really relied on my my teachers to give me the information and give it to me well. Yeah. And a lot of the time now we have extremely intelligent professors that aren't always as gifted at the teaching part and so a lot of the time bring your microphone oh sorry yeah. oh god i just peached it <laughs> i hope that tasted I lovely it. <laughs> okay. yeah no i get what you're i i get what you're saying yeah, yeah. It, uh yeah I, I think the point is that you just you, you're learning how to learn in a new way yeah. um and you're learning the language of medicine you're learning the culture of medicine you're learning you know i, I think the most important thing you you learn is like what it means to be a physician. I don't know that the details of path this pathway or that pathway are are as important. I will say um, that now having finished preclinical, 
there is nothing that I learned in medical school that was more difficult than anything that I learned in undergrad. I definitely agree. With it's that. just a lot. No, okay. We, for example, I just took a a test that um had thirty more than thirty hours of lecture material on it, which is more than a semester of an undergrad course of a, your typical undergrad course, and that was taught to us in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So like that's just you know it's just a lot of information coming at you. Yeah. And I do agree, it's not whether or not the professors, even some of them that are good at it, it's not. It's thirty hours of material to get into your brain in three weeks. Good luck, you know. And you guys, like looking at, you know, looking at the data, you guys do great. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I, feel free I, to toot my horn. I'm okay with that. I mean, I never look at the data. Well, I mean, you wouldn't look at the overall class data usually. Oh well, they okay. <laughs> it's because you can't. That's why. <laughs> I've never seen the data. But I can tell you that looking at the data, we do really really well or, you know they, these guys do really well teaching you what you need to know at least in order to pass your exams and things yeah. like that so even on those days when you sort of barely passed your you know whatever mohd test yeah. um it's actually you're actually doing pretty good so yeah no, i know i think really what i was trying to say before i peached the microphone was that like it's really taught me to be okay with finding other resources yes. to help me figure out what other people were saying yeah. basically if it didn't come through the first time or the second time yeah, it's true. And also, I think communication is really important between medical students because there are resources that are so important. And if you don't have access to those resources, you're going to kind of get left in the dust on some tests. Yeah, you guys teach each other a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it Absolutely. takes a lot of humility. And this is the, for anybody that's a uh, pre-med right now. It does take a lot of humility. Learn it to rely on your peers. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing to learn that... Yep. This guy who's sitting right next to me, who, why would he know more than me? Well, he does. He just happened to have access to a resource that you didn't. Or I think it might be easier to learn that in medical school than anywhere else because, as I said before, here you're doing all, you're all doing the same thing. You're all learning exactly the same thing. You're all in lockstep pretty much. And yeah, it's easy to reach out to other people who are doing the same thing because you know you're surrounded by that. Yeah. The woman that did an undergrad, her, or she had, I think, a master's in statistics. She got me through a lot of the evidence-based clinical practice work that was very statistic heavy, and I couldn't have done that without her. Shortcoats, if this episode is worth listening to this far, it's worth sharing. So blast us on your socials, and if you want a sticker for your trouble, send us a screenshot. Thanks. Brian, you you found meaning during your first year of medical, actually probably before that. You told me recently about a new student org you and others are creating to benefit a small community in southern Mexico. Tell us about tell us about Playa Grande first of all. Sure. So, Playa Grande is it a, is it a big beach? <laughs> it's a big because there's a couple of a big beach, there's yeah. a couple of Playa Grandes in New Mexico or in in Mexico. Um, I found out one of which is a big, you know, like vacation spot. It's not. And the one. other one is not that. It's not that one. <laughs> the one we were it's talking about one. is not that. Yeah. So, Playa Grande. Like I'll just play it. Call it. Playground for right now, but either way, it is a, a small fishing village. There's about 220 people that live in it, oh. and it sits on the Oaxacan coast, and it's filled with an insane amount of mosquitoes. Oh, it is a beautiful place. It's got a nice laguna, uh, really lovely people, and I actually initially found myself there in search of waves because I'm a surfer uh, and I want to learn Spanish. So I ended up there on the coast and I fell in love with it, with the wonderful people there. 
and there's a lot of well there is an increasing incidence of mosquito-borne infections there yes yeah, so we're talking malaria dengue, dengue mm-hmm. chikungunya exactly zika <clears throat> i yep. remember years ago talking on this show about zika people were freaking out about it it was when zika first came to the attention of the u.s because they were having a huge outbreak in other parts of the world and the u.s so it's i just think it's interesting how these things come to the attention of americans but it's true i think we're a very in focused uh country yeah, yeah. To, to be fair we got a lot going on i mean there's yeah, yeah. like there are a lot of diseases that, that we're dealing with and if it's somewhere else I'm, I give some of a somewhat of a pass, considering that like it's not like we're sitting over here twiddling our thumbs. It's hard to be aware. Of it. It's also hard to be aware of everything. Yeah. But, so, what were you? So you were you said you went there to surf, but I think you did more than that. Yeah. So, I was synthesizing my intentions to become fluent in Spanish, mm-hmm. and also waves. So they were coming together. So I was looking for a place that I could volunteer at and I ended up getting in contact with a foundation down there and they found me a position to teach English in this little village. So yeah, I went there. I lived there for I think on the order of like two months and during that time I saw that they had a great need for more protection for mosquito nets. I'm friends with one of the moms of the village named Linda and I would go and eat at their houses every day and which was amazing they make amazing food over there Mm -hmm. and when i was eating with her i asked her how she kept her son jonathan you know safe from the mosquitoes and she was saying well when we have power sometimes i can point a fan at them but other than that there is no protection they don't have windows the houses are made of concrete and you know that thought kept me up late at night just thinking my friends down there and the possibility of them you know, getting a, a deadly disease and how it's like $17 per mosquito net uh, seemed like a really great thing to do. It seems like we have a lot of people who care about changing that. So, so I, that's, uh, yeah, so that's nets for nets. That's nets for nets. Yeah. And, and so your goal, you told me was to sort of raise a certain amount of money to, to get nets for the entire community. That's correct. These are bed nets. These are bed nets. Yeah. So these diseases are predominantly diseases of, um, childhood are you planning on focusing on getting nets to the children or just like everybody that will put a net over their bed the hope is to get it to every single person fair uh, yeah in the community so that's 220 nets that we want to uh, to raise so we've got a little bit of seed funding so far uh we're looking to raise a total of three thousand seven hundred and forty dollars by march 15th before the rainy season hits and takes out seems doable i think i think so I don't really know. This is my first time doing an organization yeah, fair, like this. Fair so enough, yeah. I'm working hard. You know, we got a lot of, we got a few dedicated other medical students doing it with us. So, so yeah. I have a question. Hit me with it. I've worked with a handful of nonprofits over the years. And the first rule for me is always, what do the people want? I've been a part of, unfortunately, organizations where we have maybe a, a good solution, maybe even the right solution, but it's not a solution that we have buy-in for the local community because they want a different solution. And if they're going to do that other solution, then we just do that one, which may not be the best solution, right? Like, let's say we need them to wash their hands, right? And that's how we're going to avoid this contaminant. But if that's not the what they're going to do, if there's, a, if there's another solution, let's say it's hand sanitizer, then we're just going to give them hand sanitizer, even though it may not be as good because it's 
like 50% is better than 0% kind of thing. That's a very long way to to set up a question that which is do they want the nets? Like have they expressed a desire for nets specifically to solve this problem? Jeff, your question is as beautiful as your personality. I just wanted to say that to begin with. And then second of all, so he's um, a flirt, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Ooh, get on here. <laughs> so alpha coming up. <laughs> I know, I'm thinking a little peach in hell. Yeah, so there was a council called the Mothers of the Village, and I initially voiced this to Linda, the mom that I had spoken of, and it had resounding support from the community. So okay. it's something they're really excited about, and I'm really excited about it too. Awesome. So hopefully I can get everybody at the school excited about it, and we could all be excited together about helping that community. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. What do you think of Fallon? I was just wondering when you end up getting the nets or at least the funding for the nets, are you going to try to send them down there? Or are you going to drive them down there? I guess I'm just like, I know that it is absolutely possible to send things from the U.S. to Mexico. It just takes a long time. I happen to know somebody who has a van that could probably drive down there. Well, I would suggest maybe awesome. not in the middle of March. It sounds like a movie. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> well, yeah. How did you get down? Oh, did you fly down there? I flew down there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my arms were tired. You said Oaxaca, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, <Oaxaca>. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to let that one go unappreciated. Yeah, because uh, that's like, what, a 30-hour drive? Yeah. Uh, depends on where you're going from, I suppose. Southern, southern. I'm just imagining you guys taking like the greatest spring trip, spring break trip. <laughs> In this van that we got. Yeah. I would film that. I would, I would watch that film. Yeah. It'd be a good one. And we'd go off the travel blog that you wrote as well. <laughs> Not about Mexico though. So to answer your question. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a transfer. So. Oh, oh, so yeah. they can buy them. Gotcha. Okay. Do they well, have so a supplier? It's not going to be to the people of the village. Oh. It's going to be to a foundation that works with the village. Gotcha. And the pres or the founder of the school in the village. Gotcha. Whose gotcha. name is Michael. So nice. Yeah. And then I think would stimulate at least a more local economy. Bingo. Which is incredibly important for these types of efforts. Double bingo. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Like that's it. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, That's I know. Awesome. Isn't, it, isn't that fun? So the this idea. Is, I, yeah. What I like Anyways. about this is it's very simple. It's a very simple goal. Um, it's a doable goal. Um, it's not like we need to eradicate, you know, malaria, dengue, chikungunya, and the other thing I mentioned. It was uh, Zika. Yeah, Zika, because those are big efforts. <laughs> these that, Americans always forget in these tropical distress. Yeah. You know, like those are larger goals that you know people are already working on i think whereas this is something that you know a small group of people can legitimately can easily do for another group of people which i like that yeah. yeah i think it's exciting i think we're gonna have fun with it too you know the way that we're gonna raise a lot of money or one plan anybody listening wants to just send us money we'll take it but beyond that is to do we want to do like bake sales volleyball mm -hmm. games basketball games that's where nets came yeah. from by the way nets and, you, and nets. You, you do have i should say you do have a gofundme i do have a good fun yeah I have. Uh, gofundme one of the nets for nets basically search gofundme for nets nets for nets if Please you want to if you want to contribute to that thank you you're Those beautiful already, you're all beautiful thank you are already doing pretty well there but yeah so uh, yeah but you didn't mention to me the the extra stuff that's cool too yeah like really. the multi multimodal approach very nice mm -hmm. it's, very yeah. cool. it's kind of nice so 
there's this i want to call it a parable that's been wrongfully attributed to desmond tutu but I'm, i think you can understand why somebody might attribute it to him when i'm done with it it's this idea it's, it's like a little story of two people are walking beside a river and they see all these people floating down the river right just like screaming needing help and they start pulling people out of the river and trying to help them out right and finally one of them just stands up and starts walking upstream the other one's still pulling people out of the river he goes where are you going he goes i'm gonna go find who's pushing them in mm. and the point is that you know sometimes we need very individualized personal approaches pulling people out of the river and sometimes we need a more systemic approach which is addressing why people are falling in the river in the first place you need both you can't no system can survive without both of these things right and i think that this is to your point like this isn't eradicating chikungunya this is a, a small level systems approach right and it feels a little bit more of a personal touch as people whose names you know right? right and that's that is the balance it's like sometimes you can solve the whole thing or you can work to solve the whole thing yeah. which is difficult and takes a lot of time and energy but is ultimately satisfying or if you can't do that because you're a medical student and you have to study for finals you can lift that one person and i think that is a, a beautiful thing to do as well this made me this topic made me look up something that I've been reading about recently but hadn't really looked into um, effective altruism this is a current like this is a current I guess buzzword I guess or, or I mean it's not like it's new but it's been really brought into the news by certain by Silicon Valley basically it's it's pretty popular in Silicon Valley and my understanding of effective altruism I think Jeff knows about it too based on his expression is that you, you search you your your altruism is based on evidence it's based on need but it's a lot of it's based on evidence and data basically focusing where things are needed whereas regular altruism that we usually think about is more like emotional it's more helping the people around you it's more it's more based on your local coordinates so the example that a lot of people like to give, so this is a movement started by Peter Singer, who is a moral philosopher and somewhat of a utilitarian, which you could guess by the idea of effective altruism. The I maker am, of Singer sewing machines? <laughs> unfortunately, no. I am... See on American Idol. <laughs> I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to these types of things. We were talking about being a nerd earlier. And the pitch, and there's there are certainly holes in the logic, and I might point them out, but the big pitch is if you're walking by a pond and you see a kid drowning you're going to help that child right I'll even if it means you get place. wet even if it means it destroys your 500 a suit or the the thousand dollar phone in your pocket like there's a cost to saving that child but you gladly pay it right what if he's on the other side of a fence what if he's on the other side of the world does does that change the calculus it that and the point of effective altruism is that it should not that you being able to one of the examples they give is like you could you could buy you could donate money so that somebody can have a seeing eye dog and the cost of that total training may be ten thousand dollars or you can donate that same ten thousand dollars towards a program that addresses vitamin a deficiency in children which will cause them to go blind and that treatment in a third world country might be fifty dollars a person mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden instead of helping one person with a seeing eye dog you're helping I don't know the math. I set myself up for failure on this one. This <laughs> is 200 kids. Yeah. I think that's about right. The numbers, the effective altruist says, the numbers say I'm helping more people by donating to the charity that's doing the I thing, right? And because I can make more money doing something like 
Sam Bankman Freed is he's like the big famous one right and he's now in prison because of other reasons but yeah this idea that if you make a ton of money you can help more kids than say just going to be a doctor in those rural villages providing the treatment and if you can donate the money to pay for more doctors to go then you have done more good than just by being a doctor right and so I think the for me because I've thought about this quite a bit probably too much probably too high level for this fun loving podcast but it's a balance are you saying that we don't delve deep into the heart of matters i'm saying that i can get kind of boring sometimes (laughs) that's what i'm saying i am superficial um i i think for me it's a balance between trying to do the most good which i think is an admirable thing to work toward right like if these nets are the best way to make sure that these kids aren't getting chikungunya or, or or dengue then that's the good goal right And it's also balancing that with the fact that people are inherently made better by being altruistic. Yeah. In other words, me actually taking care of the child makes me a better person and helps the child. So it's a balance between that and also it's more motivating, right? Like just donating X on a piece of paper is less motivating than going and seeing the child's face and seeing the smiles because they've been able to eat this meal that we provided or doesn't have this sickness because of the net that we provided or whatever. They're just creating relationships, I think. Like yeah. You can't have, I mean, I suppose you can have one without the other, but you really shouldn't have one without the other. Doing the most good isn't like, it feels a it almost feels superficial, right? Yeah. Like, also, how do you necessarily know that, like, the good that you're doing is the good that you're doing if you're not the one doing it? Maybe that's, yeah. like, trust issues on my part, but... There are organizations, Give Well is one of my favorites, I donate to them quite frequently, where they vet nonprofit organizations to see how effectively they are doing their mission. Okay. And so it's very nice to have one of those, and they're very tied up into the effective altruism movement. But that's a valid point, you know. I think it has to be a ba- balance of both. I don't yeah, you want to have both. Yeah. yeah, I don't want medical students spending their summers, all of them going down to, I don't know, let's say Mexico and like feeling good by doing like a little thing that isn't really that helpful when they could have just, you know, donated to Brian's cause here and done some actual good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do want them to have experiences where they are able to feel that altruistic drive, where they're able to grow as a person and and experience humanity and have those relationships. Because I agree, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the relationship. But I'm also willing to sacrifice a little bit of a relationship with a kid in, uh, say, South Africa, if it means that I know that he got a meal. Like, I can live with that. I definitely. So it's a balance. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I definitely think you're right. However, I think that, like, I, and I totally agree. I don't think that every single student at Carver, for example, should go down to Mexico, like, you know, during their summer. However, I think that if that experience is emotionally moving enough for you, that could absolutely start you to, for example, care about Brian's cause. Mm-hmm. Or because if you don't have any emotional attachment to that situation, like, there's a really big chance that you're going, oh, well, you know, it's really far for me. You know, whatever. Yeah. But you think about those kids like you you have situation or you've had experiences like that and all of a sudden doing effective altruism in other places makes more sense for you yeah i i use this phrase this morning <laughs> the goofy ben shapiro like facts don't care about your feelings right feelings are actually older than reason right like the ability to feel emotion like that evolutionarily speaking is much older so in a very real sense feelings don't care about your facts and, and I think that's kind of what we're driving at is like at some point you have to experience it. And it's not about necessarily what's the best way to help people. It's the fact that you are helping people, right? right? right. That you're having a relationship 
with humanity. You're experiencing the humanity of coming together and doing good. But I do think there has to be balance. I think that we can strive towards both of those things. There are two wolves inside of us. There's the logical side that says, let's do the right, the best way. And there's the much more emotional side, which says, let's get involved. Let's connect. And I think both of them have to be balanced. I don't think we can say one or the other. Right. Well, if you do need data and logic, I mean, I was reading this week about dengue was apparently having a record year 2023 has also been the hottest year so there's probably no that's probably no coincidence i think so dengue is also known as breakbone fever um and as i understand it you've got high fever headache vomiting muscle joint pains characteristic skin rashes and then there's severe dengue which is a hemorrhagic fever resulting in bleeding and blood plasma leakage or Dengue shock syndrome, where dangerously low blood pressure occurs. It's a pretty serious illness, and it is appearing in new regions, including European countries and the U.S., so it's becoming our problem, um, uh, if that motivates. I guess there are cases being reported in California. We had one in Florida earlier this year, too. Um, and, yeah, rising temperatures and changing rainfall patterns they make sort of the ideal conditions for the mosquitoes. Aedes aegypti mosquitoes, which are also responsible for a lot of the other mosquito-borne illnesses that we come into contact. So I will say, and I don't feel this way a lot about most things, but if I could punch that mosquito in the face, I would. Mm. <laughs> I keep I can't remember what the conclusions were, but I have definitely read an article that's like, what if we got rid of the mosquitoes? What if we got rid of them? Would the would what would be the what would be the follow-on effects that we the unanticipated consequences? Yeah, okay, as the, the intellectual problem. who's going to analyze the crap out of things because I don't feel enough. Here's the thing: <laughs> there are over a hundred thousand species of mosquitoes, right? Yeah, twenty of them are killing us. Yeah, twenty of them spread at like seven or eight diseases that are significantly increasing mortality in, in the world: uh, mm-hmm. malaria, dengue, chikungunya. These are examples of these. Um. You can wipe out those 20 species comfortably without wrecking their own ecosystems, let alone the world ecosystem. That's fair. And there are people that are working on this. One of the ways that they are doing it is by trying to make them more or, or less fertile by releasing. Yes. Yeah. By releasing, specifically the females, right? Yeah. And then they're not passing on yeah. uh, genetic material to the next generation. So they're decreasing the size of the population. Another one that I've seen that I heard about on Johns Hopkins School of Public Health has a podcast as well. And they were there's a research over the next several years. They're trying to find a way. I think they've successfully found a way to make the mosquitoes susceptible to the parasites that they're carrying that kill us. In other words, the things that are killing us will now kill the mosquitoes. Taste so they won't be medicine. able to give them to us. But can you imagine like when they get the protozoa that causes malaria and in the mosquito instead of just growing in the mosquito it just the mosquito dies and then all of a sudden it's not passing it on to a human yeah and if they're able to get that going in the population all of a sudden you're not killing the vast majority of these species you're only killing a handful of them but you're killing the ones that are killing us and within the next 10 years we should see that rolling out so people are working on this problem people are upstream doing that work yeah and while they're up there brian's gonna be downstream you need you need that's right kinds of like a broken cell phone (laughs) I don't know what that means. No, with a broken cell phone. Oh, with a broken cell phone. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like a broken What does that mean? He's <laughs> not, re- not responding. <laughs> uh, I'm just really excited to write the memoir of like Fallon and Brian taking a road trip to Oaxaca. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we make strung it. together the story of getting gofundme.com slash nets dash four dash nets go ahead and uh, give some love to the people of um this place the fly grind <laughs> god damn it dude <laughs> 17 bucks and you're gonna make a great difference yeah. that's so, right appreciate you all well you made it to the second break you tolerate us if you can consider donating or buying a sticker or something visit the shortcoat.com and help us do stuff without having to beg a dean for money thanks hey i think people like to exaggerate their experiences for effect it's you know i think it's way more fun to talk about something epic than something mid Probably doesn't offer the true picture. I it, 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 did I you had, write that line yourself? Yes. That was a good line. That I had Dolly generate. <laughs> I had Dolly generate two images for each of some medical school experiences. Dolly, and I'd like you, Dolly. You yes. got the Salvador. first cloned sheep. <laughs> Not that Dolly. Dolly. This is different Dolly. I thought we were talking about Salvador. She's oh, dead. This is why we use last names. Or, or Dolly Parton. That's a possibility. Dolly, I was thinking Dolly Lama. Dolly. Oh, or the Dolly Lama. Oh my gosh. So many I got the Dolly Lama to generate. <laughs> <laughs> and Salvador Dali and Dolly Parton. This is an AI, you sillies. Generate two images each for some med school experiences, and I'd like you to comment on them. Maybe we can find a true middle ground, or maybe one of the extremes is the real deal. Listeners, you might want to go to our YouTube and, and skip to insert timestamp here for this part of the show. <laughs> Actually, you can just look at your podcast app and find out the timestamp. So let's. Crushing it, Dave. Let's do this. We'll call this this or, th- this or that. I love that. it. Did you come up with this? You can get with this or, or, or you can get with that. I love Salvador Dali. I love that song so much. I, you know, say the same thing like fifty times. I, look, I, I have little time to prepare for this show. I'm not going to come up with this graphic for. Just, this is where it's at. Brian. I just want you guys to so know. I could. It's at where it's at. <laughs> All right, let's look at the first uh, pair of images. We've got the med school med interview. Wow, that is so worst case. Is, is Somebody I describe for the stubborn you. people who did not go over to YouTube. There's a squatting child skeleton. There's more than Where one squatting child oh, skeleton. Damn. Yeah, hold on. Let's so we've got two images here. On the left side of your screen is the worst case interview. And we've got uh, a, a, a panel of interview of doctor doctors interviewing a prospective student kind of in the dark um and then they're surrounded by child skeletons yeah, yeah. but that are in crisscross applesauce yeah. and why. those lights look like they flicker yeah, oh yeah, yeah they definitely flicker also overhead make a loud, lights. loud humming noise yeah and on the right the, why is the dalai lama drawing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> these it looks like they don't know to spell. help you let go of your fear on the right side of the image we've got a smiling besuited man yeah he looks like that's a best case nation hanging around with or sitting in an interview with a couple of clones medical yeah a couple of clone <laughs> med school interviewers monozygotic twins i yeah. think that this works because he knows he's a cutie and he's, he's like, totally a cutie yeah, i was just like, thinking that he's like they have no I've, idea what i did in high school i've noticed that ai <laughs> generally does not generate ugly people. ugly people <laughs> unless you make it <laughs> yeah i know he's definitely he's got like a really nice chin yeah yeah He's got a very inviting smile. Thousand watt smile. I'm not sure if the number of teeth are correct. But anyway, usually aren't. Really, we're we're focusing too hard. What is a correct number? His suit fits well. That's for sure. 28. You don't know that because you're in medical school and we don't talk about the mouth, but that's another. Uh, I was going from a philosophical (laughs) kind of thing, but. Sounds like. There's an answer on that one. (laughs) Sounds to me like Fallon's ready to give him a little peach. (laughs) (laughs) I have somebody I already give peaches to. 
Sometimes even plums. (laughs) Getting exciting. It's a little flex there. All right. The light solder is just making us blush. (laughs) Which of these images do you find uh, was more accurate? I think honestly, best case, Skanatan is the one that. So you 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 like the the smiling people and in the nicely lit room with the. I have summer. never been interviewed with baby skeletons sitting crisscross applesauce. Okay, fair. <laughs> I do love that one though. That one was my favorite. Fair. That one I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to our admission staff and see if they want to uh, uh, replicate that. What is this? The Last scenario. Supper. Here we have the white coat ceremony. On the left, they're, <laughs> they're like crammed into a room. Their white coats are filthy for some reason. They all look very... They all look like they're really stressed out. Stressed out. Yeah, on the left side. And on the right side, we have a beautiful cathedral-like, museum-like hallway filled with a roughly... 10,000 medical students. Yeah. And the class is huge at this medical school. All their brains look like they're connected to each other. But they're all smiling. They're all... We are one. Exactly. They're all ready for medical school. I would say... Which one was more accurate? My white coat was more like the one on the right. Okay. Yeah, where everybody's smiling, happy. Yeah, everyone's brain connected. I think it's somewhere in between because there was definitely a room where we were all crammed in there before trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. On the left, left, everybody, where everybody's dirty, that was more like before (laughs) the ceremony. Yeah, Yeah. during the ceremony, yeah, we looked like we were, I don't know, is that a... I don't know. That kind of feels like they all died and they went to Dr. Heaven. You know, yeah. like this is right orientation in Dr. Up. Heaven. Are they, yes, they're yeah. singing gospel. <laughs> On the left, they look like they're all about to fight each other to the death. And they're the, just waiting for the bell. Like, like gladiator. And they know they're going to have to do it. It's like yeah. gladiator yeah. versus toy no. story. They remind me of the minions and the claw. Aww. That claw. You know? claw. <laughs> yeah. And their white coats look actually more like your white coats will look after the end of clinical. I, know. I so. think those people are doctors. <laughs> if you don't know white coats rarely get laundered so That's, yeah because we rarely wear them. our money huh? straight up making, making yeah. that cash yeah. doctors are in the top what percent it's like five percent the majority of people in the ten and the top ten percent are doctors yeah the majority different of top ten percent income earners in the United States are physicians. Just throw that okay. fact out there. Um, are pick, those vertebra opinion. or pieces of paper? Pieces of paper. There, okay. there is a skull there. But mm. so we, now we have studying anatomy. This is something that should be near and dear to uh, your hearts. I know it's giving me palpitations. Mm. This is a like a por qué no los dos yeah. situation. I love how the best case scenario it still looks pretty miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, On the left side, we have a, a young man with his. Head on his arms, uh, surrounded by stacks of disorganized books. There's plenty of crumpled up paper. There's a skull for some reason sitting on his desk. It's anatomy. We actually are allowed to check out skulls. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, I named mine Greg. He had Thanksgiving dinner with us. And then we have on the right, uh, (laughs) no surprise there. Perhaps the same young man. I don't calmly absorbing his anatomy material from a book. He also still looks kind of sad. He doesn't I'm not lie. He does yeah. look sad, but his room, like, who has the funds to have a full skeleton in no, their room? You can't check out a full skeleton? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. And also, how would you, like, transport? You would transport your, your checked out skeleton on the <laughs> campus? Yeah. In, in undergrad, we were allowed to check out skeletons at the library. Oh. Really? But you, you couldn't leave the building with them, but you could check them out for study rooms and stuff. Mm, that's, that's cool. cool. Maybe this is a study. It just, it gives me, like, 
home office vibes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. which one is more uh, more like your experience? I didn't actually <laughs> use books to study anatomy. Yeah, that's like the big that's thing in medical school. Issue, yeah. You touch a book barely ever in medical yeah. school. So unless you're a nerd. Oh, we which have. I, I was reading. I just not school stuff. We <laughs> that's rad. We have books. Yeah, <laughs> we do have them. Uh, the BRS books are good mm. for like practice problems, mm. but. Yep. Oh no! Do you feel the? No, I, agree with you. I, I just have it. That. I have it as a PDF. Ah. Like, like, a physical book. I think the only physical books I touched in med school was in the anatomy lab. Mm, netters. Yes. Oh, those yeah, are gross. Netters Love is great. Netters. Those are gross just books. Covered yeah. with just human everything. Ex- no, oh dear! Excrement not feels excrement. Strong. No, no. Everything. Excrement feels strong. Excretions. Well, it did Excretions. feel strong. Well, yes. I don't. There's not necessarily Secretions. Mm. Yeah. A lot of it's just formaldehyde. Oh well, that's fine. And juices. It's well, that's. I mean, it's let's everything. be honest. Considering the stains, a lot of it's adipose tissue. Oh, it's gross. definitely adipose tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Just know that medical school is disgusting. Yeah. That's all yeah. you need to know about this one. But I just want you to know that if you use borax and a Tide Pod and you use hot water when you wash your things, like you'll be just fine. And do a same. My clothes, I washed <laughs> them once it. a week and they didn't smell at the end of the semester. Like yeah. they were still a little stained, but that's because mine's I'm bad not at stained stain at fighting. All. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the two of you. I'd say you won. Here we are taking a test in this scenario. Neither. We've got a bunch of nicely lined up students with their laptops taking a test on the left. And on the right is similar. They're not even on the right side of the computer. I was saying their computers. <laughs> She's are... literally just looking at her computer backwards. <laughs> yeah. Turned around the wrong so way. Yeah, I put the computers backwards as they're taking the test. She's like, why isn't this working? Why is my <laughs> question <Skinara>. one? <laughs> Proctor. There's something wrong with my test. Yeah, it looks like people are like throwing bubble gum, chewed bubble gum up in the air. Yeah, like ABC gum. Those are their brains gum. exploding in their heads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that one dude's face, the one he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, they put this on the test. I forgot to. Study. That's how I felt this morning. I make that. I make that face a lot in tests. They got. A, they're growing a couple weed plants in the left weed on that pl- desk. You see that? They got a couple little cannabis oh. plants. Am I imagining that? In the back. It no, is not. Just, in the best well, case, Skinaron. Yeah, yeah, in the best Skinaron. case, Skinaron. Skinarion. Skinarion. I'm almost yeah. positive that those are just like little bonsai bushes. Don't, okay. just, don't well, you I all grow bring, bonsai. That's weed. This could be. <laughs> these students have brought plants to their exam. I mean, yeah, this could be. It does make it a more healing environment. I was going to say, maybe this is a strategy. Bring a, bring a plant. Actually, they all have plants. Yeah. I'm going to bring a little That's pot of plants cute. every exam from now well, on. Yeah. Okay. So neither of these look like our exam. So maybe the faces on the right, but you have to put us all in like a big lecture hall mostly. Yep. And you have to add lab. construction noises. Construction. Yeah. That has happened. <laughs> Three exams. They're like. <laughs> Not this time. Random we talked to them. <laughs> Not the, random construction noises. One time a mic just started going. Imagine taking the hardest test of your life. We had a With someone screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we got 10 extra minutes this semester because they did a test fire drill. Guy comes on the intercom. This is just a test. <laughs> For 10 minutes, Dave. Oh, God. And it turned out it wasn't. Just kidding. Our, <laughs> our poor proctor was so confused. She's like, this has never happened. I don't know what's happening right now. Oh, my Lord. That's funny. Oh, my God. I sat down for one of the tests this semester next to my buddy, Sebi. And 
That was your first <laughs> this, mistake. This dude's tummy just starts going. I started laughing, and then he started laughing. It looked like we were cheating, but oh no, <laughs> just having a good time. No, there's just a puppy in my stomach. <laughs> oh my god. Here we here we have uh, <laughs> seeing your first patient. Now you guys have done early clinical experiences. Indeed, so, we uh, have. I, I guess this is. Uh, applicable to you. On the left, we have a, a vacantly smiling young woman. <laughs> There's nothing behind those eyes. Looking at her patient. Yeah. Um, and on the right, we have a very like puzzled, like what the f the puzzled man? one. Bro's got an extra finger on his left hand. Yeah, it's very normal. <laughs> Just very saying. normal with AI. There are six fingers on that on the dude's left hand. <laughs> That's how Don't judge him. <laughs> That's what he talked about it in his interview. He was like, you know, it's really hard to have six fingers. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he talked about how it gave him an advantage, though. Uh, he's a really good piano God. player. Yeah. Really good piano player. Great at prostate exams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about that one. Oh my God. I will say the one on the one on the right, the one that the kid looks very confused. I'm guessing what just happened was he asked the patient. Do you have chest pain? And the patient said no. And then the attending said, "Do you have chest pain?" And the patient said yes. And he's like, "Why do you hate me? Why, Why do you, do you do keep that? doing this to me?" <laughs> That's like the stereotypical medical school thing where they just like straight up lie. Yeah. And like nobody's ever asked me that before. I'm like, Dude, I just did. <laughs> oh my god. For me, it's sort of like the outside view, like what you're presenting, is vacant stare girl, and the inside of your brain <laughs> yeah. looks like. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally yes. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. She's nodding, but in, inside she's, she's like, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now we have. Can cut off her toe? Well, uh, this is. I had to be specific with this one. First ingrown toenail removal. You guys haven't accomplished. You haven't done this yet. I've done this on myself. I've done this on myself. Yeah. I, the, the guy on the left. We have a cartoon. Girl. Yep. <laughs> Look at us. Twitters. We've got a cartoon on the left, a doctor with a very confusing set of instruments. Yelling at her yelling foot. Yelling at her foot. And then on the right, a very confident young man over overseen by a woman who is also doing a ingrown toenail. She's only wearing one glove. You only need the one. Mm, I think. They've both got gloves. Oh, no, the, the doctor in the back only has one. Yeah. Glove. Also, yeah. can we talk about really quick how the light, Brian, I think probably this only... But doesn't the light sort of look like the ad no hypothesis? Yeah. Look at these yeah. nerds. It does look like that. Ad. Yeah. I always called it the Now ad you're definitely going to go to YouTube, listeners. Uh, yeah. You're like, ad no hypothesis. Yeah, Let's yeah. go yeah. look at this. It's so it also pretty. always calls it the most patriotic part. Yeah, it's like red, white, and blue. Yeah. You can about uh, so if you look at the adeno hypothesis, which is like uh, the, the pars, yeah, the pars distalis under a histological slide, then it comes out looking red, white, and blue, and like a pop in, like yeah. fireworks, Fourth of July. Got it. So it's you're really talking pretty. about the light on the right. Though, yeah, like right? Yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I look like the guy on the right. Oh, wait, no, it's patient's right. Sorry, that's our left. <laughs> Wait, do you look like Screaming Guy or I look or like fine Screaming Guy? guy. Okay. I look a lot look like, like Screaming, screaming Guy. guy. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's screaming because his hemostats have also become <laughs> scissors. Yeah. yeah, they're like Edward Scissorhands. I know. He's got scissors. <laughs> maybe hemostat scissors. And then he's got a scalpel that has merged with the scissors. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. It yeah. looks like it's two pairs of scissors that only have one blade at the end, and then they've come together to form one pair of scissors, so it's one the pair of scissors, scissors with four holes. I mean, to be fair... Which would be great for the guy with polydactyly. To, I mean, yeah. to be fair, a lot of surgical instruments look like this to me. So. 
This dude's missing a finger, yeah. though, and that woman's missing a toe. Oh. You only need four. Well, the, he's missing a toe because he's not doing it right, I think. She's about to lose a toe. She just lost a toe. That's why he's screaming. No blood, no problem. I feel like when it comes to like those types of things, I'm not usually very like, ah! I mean, I try to be understanding, but I've seen some gross feet. Oh, yeah. Feet really don't bother me. Concentrate less on the feet. I also did a shave biopsy one. The, that you was, did it? That, no, I oh. made a sh- I had the, the AI make a shave biopsy one. I will oh. say we don't shave patient. That's unrelated to a shave biopsy. Mm, just, yes. Yeah. That's a shave related, related like, word. That's it. Yeah. Shave biopsies are like Clip a little bit. Shave. They're like a little. I don't know. I feel like they could definitely be disconcerting if you didn't exactly know what they were. Actually, seeing them happen are like... No, there's yeah. no way around it. It's disconcerting. Yeah, that's I fair. know exactly where they are, and I still think they're disgusting. Yeah, they're not ideal. I'll come clean. I don't know what on earth that is. So so just imagine, like, they pinch your skin, me. and they, they just yeah, shave so it off, like, just cut it off. you have, like, a funny... Like, let's just say you have a funny mole, right? I do. And they're like, okay, well, we don't want to go super just deep. Telling we just telling dad jokes do all day. something kind of superficial. They get a razor... Sorry. They get a razor blade, like, just, like, a new razor blade, and they're a little bit bendy, and they just... <laughs> They, they just, just wink. Yeah, they just like bloop. They they pinch your skin and then they bloop it so that it's shaped like it's basically like a football shape and so that they can sew it back together better. Okay, so oh, they we w- don't sew we didn't sew ours. We just like it was superficial <laughs> enough that they just put a little bit of shit on it and then they stuck a band-aid on it. Oh, I guess it depends on how deep you go, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But punch biopsies, then they take like basically a little cookie cutter and they like They're and then they gross. cut it off and then they yeah. A lot of wow. <laughs> yeah. So in the first situation it's more of a wink. And the yeah. second situation is more of a one is shallow, one right. is shallow, and one I, uh, is deep. One is basically peach, and one is alfalfa. <laughs> Just getting to really know them, you know. Yeah. Bring we it on to, home. We have to end this show because <laughs> you brought it up right at the end. <laughs> because a, we're kind of grossed out, and b, Jeff has to go uh, yeah. hop on a plane. I'm gonna go see my wife and alfalfa yeah. all day. I guess. Oh, oh ooh, okay. Ooh. I mean, also it's great better than the punch Jeff. biopsy. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Jeff Fallon, Brian, thanks for being a part of the show today. Thanks for having us. Much love, here. Much always, love. always a pleasure. And what kind of fever dream would it be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government. An ongoing support from the Writing Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too.
The Short Code Podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.